Chapter 1 The dogs are beginning to bark. Every day it is this, same hour each dawn, precise as any farmyard rooster. Each has a distinct voice. Sean leans out of his bedroom window. Above him a dirty sky sparks gold in the far corner, where the green hill waits. Below him he can see the diggers, their yellow cooled to amber in the half-light. Forklifts and cement mixers, resting with yesterday's last brick or crumble of mortar gone cold in their teeth. The fastened-up houses are dark, the sleepers inside still strewn in their sheets. The air is turning pink. Sean breathes it in and feels his scalp creep and his legs chill. Everywhere you look at the orange brick houses and the promise of more and more and more. Here are the houses in progress, the houses in waiting, the partial houses with their innards hanging out. Here are all the things you're not meant to see, the metal prongs and foam and breeze block, arterial pipes, asbestos fillings and waterfalls of wiring. The serrated, sharp, jagged and gelled are all on display here. Ducts, tubes, cavity walls, sheathing, joists, waste pipes. The bits, pieces, livers and lungs, dissected, cross-sectioned, unfinished. The families may watch as they move in, their neighbours' houses in the next cul-de-sac, growing from a set of spikes in the ground. Sean looks at the sky. Somewhere beyond the smeary grey, God is watching, deciding. Sean scans the estate. You must keep your eye on the ball. It is a known fact even when there appears to be no ball at all. There is always a ball. This much he knows. Sean Matthews stands at the bottom of George's Hill, more or less at the very centre of the housing estate, with his hands on his hips. School is finished for the summer, and last night, the 20th of July, 1969, two men landed on the moon. This morning, Somebody mentioned that the earth was spinning at hundreds of miles per hour. Sean narrows his eyes against the grit and dust from the diggers, mixers and trucks, and tries to take all this in. His shaggy head is yellow and as round as the sun that hangs directly above him. His legs are sturdy. They carry him each day, in reasonably straight lines, after the girl he believes he cannot live without. He is her attending page his chin low under his gold helmet of hair. Sean, flat-nosed, slope-eyed Sean, with his scooping walk and his hiccuping laugh, a boy whose waking thoughts drift high above the clouds, even while he traipses on his stout legs, limping, dragging, perhaps the wail of a radio song drifting over his shoulder. Sunlight falls across the estate in progress, sending the dust rising like steam at a sulphur springs. Sean glances down at his feet, encased in their clerk's sandals, and he wonders, what if they can't get back to the earth, Neil and Buzz? What if? Nothing will grow well here. No one knows why. There are stones in the soil. It is full of rocks and lumps of chalk that crumble into powdery pieces flecking the earth with white and dry, dry, dry. But it doesn't stop people gardening, 
On the contrary, they appear encouraged. In the coppery evenings, made soft with brick dust, you can see them leaning on rakes and hoes, pale and fleshy in their flip-flops, strolling about their few square feet, oblivious to the neighbour identically occupied the other side of the chicken wire. The air is filled with the ting-ting of rakes combing over broken stones and the sweetly ripe pong of fertiliser as it folds into the sorry soil in big, hopeful spadefuls. Everybody sprays and digs and hoes and starts again, sleeves rolled up and mouths set firm like the pilgrim fathers. Some things grow. Weeds do well, especially nettle and dock and dandelion, and the piles of bricks grow too.